You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. The weather is interesting this morning, but we are not complaining. We thank God for the weather. When it's hot, people complain. Uh, when the heat goes, they complain. What do you want God to do? Huh? Take you to heaven or something? Amen. Yeah, we have a few minutes. I just want us to look at a few scriptures. Um, I think this is, uh, this is vital for your faith. This is vital for your walk with God. I want to talk on what I titled the dangers of unbelief. Okay? Dangers of unbelief. There are many dangers, but I'll just, I'll just uh, highlight a few. And I want you to deal with unbelief. When, when it, it comes up in your life. Unbelief is bad. Many people don't know that there is a difference between doubt and unbelief. Huh? Doubt is bad, but it's not as bad as unbelief. Unbelief is dangerous. Huh? Unbelief can cost you everything. Everything. So, if you don't know you might accommodate unbelief unknowingly. And it can cost you a lot. It can cost you a lot. But before that, why don't we look at doubt? Let's talk a little bit about doubt. Doubt is not good. <laughs> right? How many people agree? Yeah, doubt is not good. Because Jesus said when he was walking with his disciples, remember that scripture in Mark 11? Um, when he saw a fig tree and he went to see if he, could, um, if he could get some fruit and there was nothing on it. And Jesus cursed the tree. He said to the tree, no one eats from you from this time and forever. Okay? And the next day, the disciples see it and they are surprised. They say, Master, the tree that you cursed has died. It has died. And you remember during the conference when Pastor Samuel said, he told us that for them to have seen the roots, that means the tree did not only dry, but the ground also dried and broke so that they could see the root. <laughs> that is power. <laughs> you. And Jesus said to them, you also can do the same. Not only to the tree, but to the mountain. Correct? And in verse 23, he says to them, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So doubt is not good because doubt can hinder your faith. Doubt can make your prayers ineffective. Doubt can make your faith ineffective. Doubt can limit your ability to do exploits. Yeah. Do you understand? So it's not good to have doubt. The Greek word for doubt is distazo, which means to waver. It means to waver. It also means to hesitate. It's from two. Uh, it's it's a it's a. It's from two Greek words, right? It's from two Greek words. Uh, this means 
double. Huh? And stasis means stands or standing. So distasis means double standing or double stands. Yeah, so when someone is in doubt, it means he's neither here nor there. Are you getting the point? Neither here nor there. And James tells us, he uses an illustration that perfectly captures this. James chapter 1. If we look at James chapter 1 verse 6. He says, he starts in verse 5 to say, He that, that lacks wisdom should ask. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. Then verse 6, he says, But let him ask. How? In what? Faith. Let him ask in faith. All right? With no doubting. Can you see? So if you are in faith, you are not in doubt. If you are in doubt, you are not in faith. So let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Ha! So somebody that is in doubt is up. You know how the waves are? Huh? Up and down, up and down, up and down. That's the life of a doubter. That's the life of a doubter. So he who doubts is like the wave of the sea. The wave of the sea is, the, is, is a perfect picture of a doubter. I refuse to be a doubter. Next verse. Huh? Verse, verse 7. He says, For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. You see? If you are like the wave of the sea, up and down, up and down, up and down, you cannot receive anything. Can you see? Nothing. You cannot receive anything from the Lord. That is serious. Isn't it? How many people want to serve God without receiving anything? <laughs> you just serving, don't receive anything. Just pray, but don't receive anything. Keep praying, don't have answers to your prayers. You know, keep sowing, don't receive. Don't everything, just don't receive. Okay, then don't doubt. Okay? Don't doubt. Okay, let's read the next verse. Look at He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Can you see? So the doubter, huh? distazzle, double stance. Yeah? A double mind. There is a mind of faith and there is a mind of <laughs> doubt. Today you believe God. Tomorrow you doubt God. They say, hey, God will do it for me. Then, will he really do it? God is faithful. Is he really faithful? That's the life of a doubter. Hmm? God speaks to you powerfully. Amen. I believe it. I receive it. Then you walk out of church. Was that real? That's a doubter. May God deliver you from every form of doubt. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I'm not going to doubt. You must be stable. A life of faith is a stable life. 
you, you, you must be stable irrespective of circumstances. Irrespective of situations. That's why the enemy, I have news for you, the enemy will always throw things at you. He will always throw things at you. Why? Because he knows it can change your stance. It can change your stance. That's what, that's, that is what he specializes in. Hmm? You are so convinced you heard God. Huh? This is the place for me. Oh, this is the person for me. Oh, this is the deal for me. Come on. Then some challenges come. You begin to say, oh, did I hear God? Was that God? Did I make a mistake? That's a doubter. That's a wave of the sea. Come on. Can you identify with what I'm saying? You've been there before. We've all been. We've all been. (laughs) Yeah. So, I refuse to be a doubter. Are you going to doubt God? I remember reading a book years ago. Um, by Robert Sladen, I saw heaven. And in that book, he was, at the age of eight, he was taken to heaven. At the age of eight, God showed him a lot of things. He had time to talk with Jesus. The walking was taken to a place. He saw body parts. He saw a lot of things. But one of the places, at, at some point, they were walking with Jesus, talking. Then he said, Jesus started weeping. And he couldn't understand. Jesus, in such a happy place, how do you weep? This is heaven. Full of joy. But Jesus is weeping. He said, Jesus, why are you weeping? You know what Jesus said to him? He says, my people, they're doubting me. He says, if I could do it again, I will do it again. If I could come down and die for them again, I would do it. But it's not necessary. I've done everything. I've given them everything. I've paid the price. I've, everything is there. And he looked at Jesus and he says, Jesus, he made a vow. He says, I'll never doubt you. I didn't know that doubt makes you feel like this. He says, I won't doubt you. For the rest of my life, I will never doubt you. Interesting. (laughs) So doubt is serious. Turn to someone and say, don't doubt the Lord. Don't doubt the Lord. Whatever you do, don't doubt him. Amen. Look at Matthew chapter 28, where we had the Great Commission. Imagine. Verse 16 of Matthew chapter 28, it says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain, which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some... Huh? Huh? When they saw him, they worshipped him. I mean, this, this is Jesus. He has risen from the dead. He appears to them. They even worship him. And they doubted. So it's possible to worship and still doubt. Ah, some doubted. May there be no doubter in this place. (laughs) You know what? Doubters 
rob themselves of God's blessing. But the enemy is busy encouraging and helping people to become doubters. Huh? Okay, you prayed and then you asked God and you wake up and you're scared now. What if? Uh, that's a wave now. <laughs> huh? Just be strong. Hallelujah. Be stable. Hold on to the word of God. Never doubting. I refuse to doubt. From now on, you need to make a decision not to doubt. But you know that Jesus had so much faith in the disciples, although some doubted, the same people he gave the great commission to. He committed his entire ministry to some doubters. Jesus had faith in people. We need to have faith in people as well. Do you understand? So, so nobody says God did not call you to follow perfect people or to only believe perfect people. People are not perfect. Do you understand me? I am not perfect. I might do something tomorrow that will make you to doubt. Is he really? Meanwhile, you have heard God before. Interesting. I can't count the number of people that have come to say, God showed me in a dream. I saw your face in a dream. God told me, You are my pastor. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. They walk in and they're like, Hey, this is the face I saw. Where are they? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah? I don't know. But some doubted. <laughs> Amen? Amen? So that's doubt. What about unbelief? You remember Doubting Thomas? <laughs> they call him doubt, we call him Doubting Thomas. I don't know how. Well, I know how. When Jesus saw some of the disciples, he met some of the disciples after the resurrection. They, came, they told Thomas, we've seen the Lord. He says, unless I see him with my eyes, I put my finger into his nail-pierced hand and into his side, I will not believe. <laughs> huh? In the world they say seeing is believing. <laughs> what a contradiction. How many people believe they are here? <laughs> you know you are here. You don't believe that. You don't need to believe you are here. You know you are here. Huh? And I know sometimes in philosophy we are taught to be doubtful. But the word of God encourages us to be in faith. Amen? Amen. Now let's talk about unbelief. Unbelief is another level. Okay? Doubt is like the baby. Unbelief is the grandfather. <laughs> Advanced. Huh? The, the Greek word for unbelief is apistia. Alright? It means distrust. And it also means unfaithfulness. Huh? That is hectic. So, the... the reason why I'm talking to you about the danger of unbelief and you must fight it by all means. Of course, you should resist doubt. 
but unbelief. Because if you keep doubt long enough, it can become unbelief. Do you see? Yeah. Unbelief. One of the things that God hates so much is unbelief. As a matter of fact, in the book of Revelation, the, there's a group of people that we are told cannot enter into heaven. They're unbelieving. Apart from fornicators and sorcerers and so on, unbelieving. The unbelieving cannot enter into heaven. Shoo! Huh? They cannot enter into heaven. So, uh, people that are in unbelief, right? They are people who have experienced God. They have seen God. Think about the, the Israelites. Remember, they saw the hand of God in Egypt. My goodness, they saw how God humiliated the entire nation of Egypt. Destroyed Pharaoh with plagues, systematically destroying the entire nation of Egypt. And then they went out and they saw God. They were seeing God. Do you know that they were seeing God physically? In the cloud, God will come down. It was not vision. No, everybody saw it. On a daily basis for 40 years. You wake, imagine you wake up in the morning, you just see the cloud. God is there. At night, you are going to sleep. He's there in the form of a fire. Huh? You, you, you want breakfast. He has provided. You just step out and take it. Huh? No need for shopping. Huh? Some of you are already doing your Christmas shopping or thinking of what, 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 what. I don't know. But no, no such thing. There are clothes growing with them. Their clothes never faded for 40 years. Shoes never worn. Where have you heard of such a thing? Huh? So, unbelief does not mean that the person has not seen God. Now, it does not mean that the person has not experienced God. And that's why God hates it so much. I'm telling you. There are people that don't believe in you anymore. Huh? And there's a reason for that. There are people that don't believe in God anymore. They used to, but they don't anymore. That's dangerous. Are you getting my point? Yeah. It's really dangerous and it's bad. It's evil. It is evil. And we must beware of unbelief. Beware of unbelief. There are different reasons why unbelief comes. But we need to be careful. Look at Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, and I read verse 12. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. So, can you see? It's a heart condition. Evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So, when unbelief comes, it makes people to depart unfaithfulness that's 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 the meaning of the word unbelief huh yeah apistia one of the meanings is unfaithfulness so when unbelief comes into the heart of somebody the person becomes unfaithful he becomes unfaithful and then he departs 
departing from the living God. And the Bible calls it an evil heart. May your heart not be evil. Because let me tell you, it doesn't matter what you tell an evil heart. He will never believe you. Why? Because he has seen God before. He has experienced God before. You know, some of, I mean, some of them had had visions. They've had dreams. God has revealed himself. He has revealed his power. Some of them have experienced miracles. They've, they've eaten manna. Come on. They've partaken of manna. They've seen the healing power of God. They have, they have experienced God. But then, the heart is allowed to get to a state where they become unfaithful to God. And they depart. Hmm? <laughs> Yo! It says, verse 13, But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Can you see? So there is some deception that comes in that leads to unbelief. The sin, the sin of doubt can develop to unbelief. Bible says whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Okay? Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So beware of unbelief. Look at, uh, let's, let's look at chapter 4. Chapter 4, same book of Hebrews, chapter 4. Talking about the, the Israelites in the wilderness. Verse 2 says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those that heard it. Can you see? So, it's possible the same word that blesses you might not bless the person sitting next to you. It depends. It's a state of the heart. Hallelujah. Unbelief is bad. It makes you to distrust God. And you see that in the life of the Israelites. You want to really understand unbelief. Study the Israelites in the wilderness. Oh Moses, how could you have done this to us? You, 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 you and God brought us here to kill us. That's a piece here. Distrust. So when unbelief comes in, you don't trust people. Yeah, you know this person. You know, this person is a person of integrity, but he made a mistake. Come on. Do you make mistakes? Should, should I trust you even though you made a mistake? Uh, <laughs> Come on. Yeah. But why don't, we, why don't we extend that to others? You get my point? That's how unbelief works. So, when unbelief is in operation, people depart. <laughs> they depart from the faith. They depart from relationships that are divinely ordained. Come on. They depart. That's what unbelief does. May God deliver us from unbelief. Amen. Lord, every root of unbelief, yes. every seed of unbelief yes. in my life, I command to be uprooted. I release the fire of God to consume every unbelief in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Every trace. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Unbelief will make you to miss your promised land. 
You, you'll miss the promised land, I'm telling you, if you don't deal with unbelief. Hmm? These people, they ate manna. They saw God. They even heard his voice. God came down in the cloud and spoke from the mountain. They saw him on the face of Moses. And yet, they still mistrusted God. They thought God took them there to kill them and to destroy them. Except Caleb and Joshua. Hmm? So I'm not moved by people who encounter God. The fact that you encounter God now does not mean I want to see you in the next 10 years. Amen. In the next 20 years. Amen. Are you still there? Yes. Or not? <laughs> That's the true test. Yeah. That's the true test. That's what we know if you are truly in the faith. That's why Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? Because there will be a lot of unbelief. <laughs> a lot of unbelief. Right now, there is a massive dose of unbelief. <laughs> Hallelujah. May God deliver us from every kind of unbelief. I will not allow my heart to deteriorate to the point where I become unbelieving. In the name of Jesus. Do you know that as a pastor, I have legitimate reasons not to believe some people? I'm telling you. Because of the number of failures. The number of disappointments. Do you understand? But I still believe. I'm telling you. I still believe. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. No, this is just a mistake. You have learned from this mistake. Do you understand? And I still put my weight behind. There are many things you don't know about that we deal with. Hallelujah. But because of faith. Hmm. How can Jesus have faith in Peter who denied him three times? How can, how, how can you have faith in somebody who denied you? He even swore it's like, let thunder strike me if I know this man. <laughs> Amen? But he says, when you are converted, I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. When you are converted, strengthen your brothers. Because your brothers are also shaken. Why? Jesus, Jesus disappointed them by dying. Why would he allow himself to be killed? That was a disappointment. And I have news for you. One of the things that happens, one of the things that breeds unbelief, apart from sin, apart from doubt, apart from hardness of heart, is offense. I'm telling you, offense can bring unbelief. People are offended at God. It's like, why did God not do this? Why did he come through for me at the time I needed him? This is the time that I need him. Not tomorrow. I need him today. And he didn't come. He didn't show up today. Then you get offended. Then unbelief comes in. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible calls it an evil heart. Let's look at... um, Matthew 11. Matthew 11. Time is going. But Matthew 11. Um, 
<laughs> Matthew chapter 11. Verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his disciples that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one or do we look for another? This is John the Baptist. This is the guy that says, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. This is the guy that introduced Jesus to Israel, to the entire nation. This is the same guy asking this question. Now, why would he ask this question? He's doubting. He's doubting. Hallelujah. Look at, look at what Jesus says. Jesus answered and said to them, Go tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended in me. Hey! Do you know what happened? I mean, John the Baptist... Is Jesus' cousin. Okay? Remember, he's Jesus' cousin. Number two, he is supposed to be the Messiah. Okay? To save. John the Baptist was preaching righteousness and it got him into jail because he rebuked the king for taking his brother's wife, which was ungodly. Right? The Messiah is there. He doesn't even defend John. Hello? He doesn't even come to John's help to say, John, good preaching. I'm with you. You know, although people don't understand, but I want you to know that God is happy with you. He doesn't even affirm John. At least not before John. And again, he does not rescue John. He doesn't destroy Herod and take John out of prison. He doesn't do that. So guess what? John is offended. Yeah, John is offended. How can he? he you see, that is why I'm very careful about my expectations when I deal with people. Why? Because I found that a lot of times when I have expectations that don't get met, I get disappointed. So I expect little from people. I don't know if it's the best thing, but it has been helping me. <laughs> so that when somebody exceeds my expectation, I am surprised. And I say, praise God. Wow, wonderful. But then, if you are expecting, and then you don't get it, you get offended. Hallelujah. Yeah. So Jesus says, blessed is he that is not offended in me. Why would Jesus say that? Because John was offended. There's no other explanation. Okay? And as they departed, so in other words, Jesus sent, this is what Jesus sent to John, for them to go and tell John. You know? The blind see, the dead are raised, the gospel is preached to the poor, and all of that. And he knows that John knows that those are the things that the Messiah is supposed to do. And then he adds it. Uh... Blessed is he that is not offended in me. Go tell John. So that he doesn't go to hell with his offense. Let him know. Let him be told. Blessed is he that is not offended in me. Okay? Yeah. So offense can lead to doubt. Hallelujah. You begin to doubt somebody because you are offended. You begin to doubt God because you are offended. Huh? Some people even doubt the church. God help them. Okay. 
As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, where did you go to the wilderness? Okay, blah, blah, blah. Let me, let me, time, we don't have much time, so let's not dwell there. But you see, the point is this. When offense comes, if it's not dealt with quickly, it deteriorates. Then it gets to a point where you can't have faith in anymore. You can't believe. And if it's not dealt with, it will get to a point where you begin to rot spiritually. It leads to bitterness and all of that. And then it defiles other people. Then those that are close to you, those that relate with you, begin to get affected. Okay? So that's why you need to beware of unbelief. Beware of unbelief. You might have faced disappointments. Don't let your disappointments change your stance. Amen. Am I communicating this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. So this is going to help you greatly in your walk with God and in your relationships with people. Because guess what? The church is not for perfect people. Huh? The church is a place for imperfect people who are getting perfect. <laughs> yeah, we're being perfected. We're not here because we're perfect. Come on. Yeah, because if perfect Jesus could offend John, Jesus was perfect and he offended John. Ha! Huh? Think about the imperfect. The imperfect will offend you even more. Do you understand? But let it not affect your faith. Let it not lead you into unbelief. Let it not make you to depart. Hallelujah. Depart from the faith. Depart from your loved ones. There are people that have walked out of marriage because of doubt. Huh? Because of unbelief. I mean, I know one man that chased his wife because he had a dream that made him to doubt huh? her faithfulness to him. Hello? Huh? And I tried to intervene. I tried to help. I tried to help. He just wouldn't listen. He was 100% convinced. And I know the wife. She fears God. Even more than him. Huh? We are trying to help him to stand strong in the faith. And he now says, this one is doing this. What? And then it led to his death, premature death. He died prematurely. It led to that. So when unbelief is not managed, if it's not dealt with, rather, not managed, don't manage unbelief, please. Kill it. <laughs> don't manage it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. We have to stop. Yes, we have to stop now. <laughs> Hallelujah. We have to stop now. Let's pray. Why don't you just pray? Come on. Come against every unbelief. Everything that is targeting your faith. Whether your faith in God. Whether your faith in your family. You need to be able to deal with the imperfections of people. My Lord and my God. Mighty God. Mighty God. 
in the name of Jesus. We come against every unbelief. My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Jesus. Jesus. Monda la ba 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 Thank you, Father. We bless you, Lord. Let's ask that the Lord will purify our hearts. Purify our hearts from every doubt. Purify our hearts from every unbelief. Purify our hearts from every offense, from everything that can, you know, bring doubt into your life. Even fear can bring doubt. Fear can bring doubt. Let's come against anything. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come against anything that will bring doubt. Anything that will bring doubt in our hearts. Anything that will bring unbelief. Oh my Lord and my God. Jesus my Lord. My Lord and my God. Sondalabaha. Purify our hearts. Purify our hearts, oh God. Purify our hearts in the name of Jesus. Degetos caniminos. Kola baba 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 baba. Mighty God. My Lord and my God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. One more prayer. I want you to pray for yourself that you will not depart. Nothing will make you depart from either God or from the people God has linked you up with. You understand? Maybe because of offense or whatever. If God has not spoken to you, if God did not say this, the purpose of this has been fulfilled or whatever, sometimes offense can make you to hear certain things. That's what I've discovered in my walk with God over these few years. I'm telling you. Because once you harbor offense for some time, that offense can produce dreams. That offense can begin to produce certain uh, perceptions. I'm telling you. That's why it's important to have a pure heart. Because if your heart is not pure, I'm telling you, it will distort your vision it will distort your hearing. So let's just pray. My Lord and my God, I pray. Oh Father. That you would help us. Let our hearts be pure. Help me, oh God. To maintain a pure heart. In the name of Jesus. My Lord and my God. Mighty God. My Lord and my God, in the name of Jesus, Oh, my Lord and my God, My Lord and my God, my Lord and my God. Monde leke sundalabaha.
Zindeleketos kenemenos. Bos kaneme dustaha. Sundala baba. Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you, Lord. I release the spirit of faith over you. You will not be a doubter. Unbelief will have no place in your life. Offense will not take root in your life. No place for fear in your life. In the name of Jesus. I speak stability into your life. I speak stability into your life. You will not be double minded. You will not be like the wave of the sea. You will be like a tree planted. Like a tree planted. In the name of Jesus. Mighty God. Rooted. Rooted in the house of God. Rooted in the faith. Rooted in the Lord. In the name of Jesus. I bind every spirit. Attacking your faith. Right now. In Jesus name. Amen. Awesome time is gone. We've come to the end of our service. Why don't we give our offering before we leave. Father we thank you. We bless you. As we give. We believe you. For increase on every side. Thank you Father. Those that give physically and online. (laughs) Mighty God. Move. In their lives. In Jesus name. Amen. Alright. So. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life changing messages and more information. Log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.